Hi, you're listening to Perpetual Learning, a place where we unpack ideas from great reads and listens. I'm Manjula Selvaraja. Hey, Manjula, and I'm Siddhan Siva. This week, we're talking about operating in a downturn. Big tech is taking on some really big losses. And, and what that, and what that means is that we're starting to see thinkers and thought leaders releasing content pieces about weathering these storms. And that's what caught your eye this time. Right, Sudhan? Exactly. Well, let's kick this off. Um, let me start off here. What an environment. Oh my goodness. I mean, what more is this year going to bring? Tell me about what you're seeing right now in the markets for tech financially, but at a high level. I think generally speaking, you're seeing a lot of uncertainty across the board, right? Whether it's public or private markets, whether you're an investor, founder or operator or even employee. And, and, you know, when this happens, the markets tend to freeze and, you know, obviously valuations ultimately drop, which, you know, creates this vicious cycle to an extent where valuations just keep dropping until people say, you know, that's enough and optimism starts to build again. And I think the challenge that a lot of folks are facing right now is that there is no new benchmark or norm yes. that's been set yet. And, and yes. so, you know, the past one to two years are no longer relevant from a valuation perspective. So, I think it's just a general uncertainty. And as a result, people are less likely to act. And, you know, that tightens up the buyer's market, which ultimately drops price. For a while now, we've been hearing these, these rallying cries of grow at all costs. That's, you know, something that investors were, were expecting of the companies that they were putting money into. And, and, and I think we're going to see that transition to, to the expectation being grow profitably, which is a really substantial change for um, executive teams within these companies to be making. But it also means that investors have to assess companies differently. What is the one thing that you think people are watching or, or ought to be watching? I think especially at the early and growth stage, everyone's really paying attention to the burn multiple, right? Which is equal to the net burn, so how much the company is spending versus the net new ARR, which mm. is basically how much revenue are they bringing in, right? And the goal is to obviously keep this as low as possible so that each dollar that you spend generates as, you know, as high a recurring revenue or high, you know, net new revenue as, as possible. Is your sense this a number that you think that that CFOs, that CFOs and perhaps even other C titles within the, these companies watch? I think over the past few years, probably not as much mm. as they should have at least, right? And, and it comes down to the mentality that, you know, the money is always there. You can always raise as long as the growth rates look healthy and, and you know, that environment no longer exists. You were inspired um, this time around by a piece by David Sachs. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur, um, serial investor. Uh, I'm sure that people recognize the name. He used to be part of the PayPal and Yammer founding teams. What does he say about using this this variable that you've mentioned um, or this factor, the burn multiple, to assess companies? I mean, he basically uh, equates the inverse of the burn multiple with efficiency, right? So the lower the burn multiple, 
the more efficient the company is in terms of being able to, like I said, convert each dollar invested or spent into a dollar of revenue, right? And, and the goal is to ultimately <clears throat> have this multiple as low as possible, right? So, you know, let's say if the burn multiple is under one, that's amazing. If it's one to one and a half, that's great. And then as you start getting up there, so over one and a half to three X, you know, that's when it becomes quite challenging, right? And, and so the goal is to always optimize your burn multiple, which ultimately means, you know, really spend your money carefully. So here we have, you know, you've said that the amazing sort of the, what would be an amazing um, number would be having that burn multiple under one X uh, the time once you start getting over two, it's starting to look really suspect, right? Mm-hmm. How is he, how is he looking at the burn multiple differently in 2022 in, in the environment that we're in now? Yeah. So it's interesting. So he first shared a piece in 2020 that, you know, had these ranges and then, you know, I think earlier this month, he had a presentation where he said, you know, how do you operate in a downturn? And it, it was interesting to kind of compare and contrast. And, you know, basically his expectations have shifted to the point where anything below one and a half is good, but anything above one and a half is in the danger zone. And a lot of companies probably operate in that one and a half to two to three X range, which in the past, you know, investors still would have considered it given those types of companies a shot so that they can ideally improve their efficiency over time and get the burn multiple under one. However, you know, now that isn't necessarily the case. And so, you know, I, I categorize a lot of, you know, startup tech companies that are operating above one and a half to be in a fairly scary position where if they don't have enough of a runway in terms of capital and cash that they've already raised and have in the bank, it's going to be pretty hard to, uh, to raise again at a similar or higher valuation. Chances are they'll need to go lower or perhaps, you know, consider other alternatives, which is a scary position to be in if you're a founder or an employee at those types of companies. Well, you know, those numbers that you're talking about, one, even 1.5, like that's, that's actually quite low. Do you think there are companies that make it through that filter, uh, companies in the ecosystem now? Absolutely. I think, you know, each generation or each cohort, there are always, you know, a number of companies that can and do make it through, right? If you think of a lot of the giant tech coasts today, right? Like Facebook, Amazon, Google, they all were born out of these environments where they had to really operate with incredible efficiency. And so I'd I'd argue it's a fairly rare circumstance where a company is able to get through, but it's certainly possible. Um, But ultimately, I think that's where investors and employees need to be careful, where they need to understand, do they work at one of those companies that can actually survive and make it through, you know, however long this period takes or not? It's interesting because, you know, in one way, if I was to look at the glass being, you know, half full, maybe not half full, a quarter full, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, one of the things that this would do is give you a sense of discipline in the early stages, right? Where you, you are actually trying to build uh, the right kind of company and design um, the right kind of product and the right kind of sort of sales and marketing to get out there. 
because you don't have all the money in the world to just burn. Right. So, so, so so that, that is, um, you know, that's really interesting. It also explains to me why we're seeing layoffs right now, because I'm, I'm guessing that there might be people out there who are just really also trying to, you know, trying to, if it's not cash flow, even trying to manage that, that a burn multiple. Let's talk about the problems that, that people would need to address when thinking about lowering that burn multiple. And, and let's start with acquiring and keeping customers. What are some ideas in that area? Yeah. I mean, I think it always starts with your customers, right? So one is trying to get attrition as low as possible. So keeping as many of your existing customers as well as you can, right? Because they're already there. It should be, at least in theory, easier to keep them versus trying to get a new customer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the more customers you can keep, you know, the lower ultimately your burn should be. And then, you know, obviously when it comes to acquiring more customers, you want to lower the cost of acquiring each additional customer so that you're, again, you're trying to kind of save your costs, right? And, and kind of, you know, grow profitably to your point earlier. And so, if you don't do that, you, you ultimately end up with this leaky bucket problem where if you do manage to grow, it doesn't really matter because no matter how much you're growing, they're going to leave or the customers rather are going to leave quickly anyways. What are the red flags you see with, with gross margin? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, gross margin is very important because you ideally want each additional dollar that you bring in to drop to the bottom line versus paying out costs tied to revenue, right? Or else you kind of lose the scale advantage that most tech companies provide in theory. And so having your gross margin as high as possible is is quite ideal, right? Which is why software businesses, as an example, are quite attractive because gross margins are extremely high in theory. And so once you are growing past a certain point, these businesses become incredibly profitable. So let me um, bring up something else that I've heard you talk about before in sort of another context, uh, the dangers of uh, indecisiveness when it comes to to leadership. I think that you've always had a thing about this. Right? <laughs> um, why does that matter to you here? I think the ultimately the longer leadership takes, and I've seen this kind of play out in a few instances in my past lives, I think the more money you lose and ultimately the more cuts that you'll need to make. And so it's not a time where, you know, leaders, you know, decision makers can pause and hope for a consensus because, you know, as a founder or operator, you know, it sucks to say this, but you're ultimately making the best out of a pretty shitty situation. And so Mm -hmm. there's going to be no right or popular choice here. It's really important to recognize that and move quickly so that you don't end up making a worse choice down the line and you're able to kind of maintain the nimbleness um, and, and the agility that you need as a startup so that you can iterate, move quickly and, you know, get out of this situation. What's one tip that you would um, you'd like to share with people that are working at startups right now? And I and I mean, um, I guess I guess employees, that is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, you know, it's important to understand, you know, how the company is doing financially, right? And, and, you know, if you don't have visibility to that, try to do what you can to get visibility and really understand, you know, how is it performing from a growth perspective and 
you know, do they have enough runway, right? And then based on that, understand the type of valuation that they raised that and whether they can truly grow into that in the next three to five years. You're not going to find a solution the next year, mm-hmm. but you know, over a medium to long-term timeframe, can they grow into a valuation that meets, if not exceeds the valuation that they've raised that? And they're unfortunately going to be companies that are held to a valuation that they can't hit. It doesn't mean that it's a bad team, a bad founder or company or product even. It's just that the economics that they raise that will work against them. And so a lot of times the folks that lose the most are the employees because that's how the preferred shares work, right? And and usually, you know, when you raise at a certain valuation and raise a certain amount of dollars, the VCs or, or the investors that go into it need to get paid back first and anything over and above that goes to other shareholders like employees and founders. And so, you know, if you don't have a really good, you know, a, a decent amount of visibility into that, it should and probably will create a fair amount of uncertainty as an employee, which, you know, is never a great situation to be in. Yeah. And, and I think that this is why, you know, I, I hope recruiters say this to people or, or people that refer other people to startups that you need to really assess when you're getting into into working for a startup, what's important here and really assess what the risk here yeah. is, because this is this is, you know, in some sense, it is a known risk. Right. You don't know when to expect it, but it is it is a risk that you that could potentially happen. Right. So sure. it's, uh, it's just the timing might be a surprise, but, but, you know, the fact that it is completely possible should be no surprise. So then great topic. Thank you. We're on next week. Absolutely. Talk then. All right. Chat soon.